This is the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. Podcast series. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital. All right. Thank you so much, Champlain Auto Services, for powering our 8 o'clock uh, news brief. They're on Eastern Main Road, just opposite Carrow Brewery. Give them a call at 662-6545 and like them on social. All right. Thank you so much, Champlain Auto Services. All right, gentlemen. Uh, welcome to the third hour of the Power Breakfast Show. Paul Richards. Richard Ragobarasing, Wendell, Stephen, and myself, Steve Kahn, and our guest, CEO of SwimCall, Mr. Kevin Thompson. Gentlemen. Mr. Thompson, what is what is the stop? And I ask this, and I'm very serious about this question. Huh? What is the stop? All the plans that you have outlined from us changing if there is a change of government. Well, yeah, you're asking me to speak outside of both what I know and the, in, into the minds of the political directorate, you know, I, I cannot speak for um, the the political leaders of, of either party or of any party that seeing that there are others on the horizon. So, but what I can say, you know, what my question is: What is protecting your policy and your plans in the event that a government changes? What protects it? Science. The science, the studies, the... Well, I, I think that the work that we have done is, is <laughs> would, put, would put any new government in a difficult position if they were to say, let's continue doing what we're doing. Because what we are sure about is that that is not working. All right? Uh, if, and, and let's be clear... Apparently, you all haven't lived here very long. <laughs> Clearly, and, yes. And, and I'm, That's I'm, why I'm asking him that question, eh? You're all yeah, just but, landing trying to be bigger because any government <laughs> will change any policy and justify it if they feel. Mm -hmm. So, and we know that when this is a valid question, but it is beyond Mr. K Mr. Thompson's remit because mm -hmm. even if you have the soundest science behind and you're doing your studies, if they, if it's not within their policy framework, they will dismiss it. It's the simplest. Yeah, thing. and that, that's oh, my right. fear. So let's let's so hurry up and do it now. All right, so that's what we, that's what we're on about. Are you, pla you planning a change in government, Wendell? No, I, I just, I just know. He's a little, he's a little concerned, Paul. A little nervous? <laughs> okay, a little nervous, maybe? <laughs> okay. I know he spoke about five years. Bring it up to Trina. Well, if, if, again, as I said earlier, if it, if it was so simple, if it was so simple, it would be done already. We we are doing all of the groundwork and, and we're doing so prudently. We're doing so with engineering studies. We're backing it up with, with data. But what, what I would say to, to, to Paul's comment is that some of what we are doing, like working with the NGC to harvest landfill gas, and I'm, I'm pleased to say that the we again we've done a preliminary study there we would have we would have launched that with with at our ministry last year we've done a preliminary study we are at a point where we will come back to the swim call board and they will approach the ngc board for, for an investment uh, decision to do some further studies and we're expecting in a sort of june time frame to to come to a final investment decision so we are doing we are not just waiting you know I, I, I keep challenging. The government change. We, 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 we're, not, we're not waiting on the government. And I, I don't think the government wants state agencies to wait on it either. I think we want they want active participants in this. Ha, has there been, because I think I read something recently, that there have been studies done by the EMA in terms of the Beetham landfill and the levels of toxicity in the air there and otherwise. Has there been, have you done that kind of study? For, so an assessment can be made of how safe the environs are based on the, the burning of, of refuge, the, the, the storage of huge amounts of, of rubbish, uh, chemicals, etc. maybe going into there? All right, so I'm not aware of that study. What I can say is that the, the, the EMA does have a air quality sensor that is at the Wasser facility just west of, west of our, our facility. What I, what I can say about SwimCore is that we have been doing uh, air quality measurements. We we have we are again uh, doing a, a air quality monitoring at all our locations over the next three years. It's a study that we, we are contracting, and we will report back to the EMA on it. Um, what I can also say, but I, but I can ask you a question based on your responsibility as a state agency under the OSH Act. Part of your responsibility as a state agency is to provide a safe working environment for your employees who are, in some of them, in that facility. Is that correct? Yes, it's part of our responsibility. Right. So, if if how can you 
maintain or, or oblige that responsibility if you are not aware of the air quality that these people work in? And you're waiting for yeah. a report. Um, no, that's not ex exactly what's happening. We do reports on a rotating basis. We Every year and every month, we are doing air quality reports. And then on, uh, on a rotation basis, we do a further in-depth in study, more data points just to ensure and to double check that the data we are presenting is correct. So the air quality at the Beetham landfill now is safe for humans to be in there? I would say yes. You ain't sound too sure about that, you know. Well, but Mr. Thompson, I, well, well, I'm, 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 but answer, I mean, the short answer, the short answer is yes, right? Yeah. Um, we would have seen uh, at the EMA's monitor, the EMA's monitor to the west of our facility would have been picking up, picks up not just what swim call does, it also picks up what's in, in the atmosphere. So Sahara dust, it picks up the particulates coming from the highway, it picks up the salvages burning outside of a swim call. So in, in an easy sense, it, it's easy to say the state agency, the government, and, um, and, and that's a simple answer. But I would, I would offer that anytime for the, the challenges that we have, somebody offers you a very simple answer to a very complex question, the chances are the answer is wrong. Mm. That's your, much your, more your, nuanced than that. Your suggestion is that the problem lies west of the dump. No. I am, I am suggesting that the monitor is picking up swim call and others. Mm -hmm. And it is easy to say swim call and that, that, that you have your answer. Then you don't need to do any further investigation. There's no, no more brain power is required. We found the answer. But, but, not, uh, but in the context of a landfill, yes. and I understand it's a big world and there are many factors that may or may not contribute to any particular level of particulate or any other toxin that may abound. But I'm sure we could all agree that a landfill with rubbish coming from so many different areas in a country may more than likely have a higher possibility of having to be examined a little more closely for its contribution yeah. to that situation. I, I will agree with that. We, we are taking in municipal solid waste. Paul, your, your aerosol tins, your, um, your organic waste, and those things combining with each other and, and producing the results, people sending in their batteries, the alkaline batteries, you know, all sorts of things are coming to us. So those things mixing together does pre pre present a challenge. What I can say that we have done, again, in Guanapo over the last year or two, we would have done a study about the, the water quality uh, being affected by, by our activities. Thankfully, we, we, we were... Um, the report shows that we were not affecting the, the water quality as, as had been reported as been to us. We are just about to get started with another study. Um, wait, 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 wait. Is, this an, is this an independent report? Because I was coming to Gwanap to bring up that said issue because that issue has been circulating for a little while. And so I was bringing up, you know, how safe is Guanapo in terms of the water supplies in the area, etc. And you're saying a study is saying that it's fine? Yeah, Richard. We, we have been taking a very proactive approach to all of the challenges. So people, people may talk, we are getting hard data and science to either advance uh, to the, the, the relevant authority or to take action on our own regard to ensure that we are doing the right thing. Paul is correct. We have a duty of care and we are uh, about getting data to support the direction that we need to move in. And, and our, so we have been getting very good support from the ministry in terms of implementing what needs to be done. And certainly- well, that uh, made, Was that made public? Because to counteract the talk about the water quality in Arima that the Gonapo was affecting? Well, when the, the, challenge, the challenge always is in Trinidad and Tobago that bad news travels very, very fast. Good yes. news, not so much. So if you make an, an allegation or you, you say something, well, some call not doing the right thing, then that travels very, very fast. But then we come up with a report uh, that was funded by the, the we had uh, access to the global envi environmental facility funded by the UN and our partners in, in the Basel Convention Regional Center, along with a, a Dutch consultancy uh, conducted the study and we simply facilitated the study and mm -hmm. the, the news is positive. The, the, there are contaminants in the water, but what I can tell you, the, what you, if you really want to solve the contaminants in the water, you might need to close on a pig farm or two in the Guanapo area. That's yeah. what I would say about that. But you need to get you need to get active on social media 
or hire somebody like Gary Griffith to respond to any and everything. You well, if it, if it, I mean, if there are contaminants in the water, that's an issue, whether it's Simcoe's fault or not. And if your study has indicated that there needs to be better, um, um, uh, uh, better monitoring and a, a better um, dealing with the problems of the water mm. that your study has found and that has found, then certainly that should be articulated to the correct agency to deal yeah. with. It shouldn't just sit on somebody's desk. I, I agree with you. And, and as you, you're giving me, you're telling us exactly what we have done. So we have passed those studies on to the relevant agencies. And we have placed signs, in fact, uh, at the water courses indicating that it's not safe for, for bathing and for cooking. Um, mm. So it, we, we have, we've held um, stakeholder consultations and, re, and the review of the report We've made it open to the residents of, of, of Guanapo. Interestingly enough, it wasn't very well attended, but that stuff is still online. You can go look, look at it online. The report, I believe, is online. Um, we, and so we've, we've placed the signs. We've uh, had calendars. We, we've, we've made uh, interventions in the population there to, to advise about findings, well, the findings of the, of the study group out of the Netherlands. But, you know, it's... We, we have done all that we can do in this space as a, as a responsible participant. As Paul said, we take our duty of care very seriously, not just to our, our employees, but also to others uh, in our space that we see as stakeholders. And certainly the, those in the fence line area of, of, around it's our landfills are part of our stakeholders. You know what I remember? Is, is, there, is, there, is there a long-term plan, a documented long-term plan? Let's presume the Beetham landfill will close next week. Is there a long-term plan for that space, or does it have to be curated for a while, given the toxins that may be existing in the in the in the area? What, what is the long-term plan? All things being equal for that area. So the the long-term plan is not just to close the Beetham landfill, but then we would need to rehabilitate the landfill, right? Uh, this is what is typically done. Um, as I said, we we are already investigating uh, opportunities to to harvest the gas. There we are. In, in fact, I am in discussions with a couple uh, groups now talking about how we can take the energy that is already in there and, and convert that back to some useful product, whether it is plastic or oil, uh, and then generate some sort of funds that we can, we, can, uh, we can give back to the government and to the people. So there are, there are opportunities that we are looking at. And, at this, and as well, we are also considering a transfer station at the bottom so that the waste from the general catchment area will come in, be sorted. And then we, we are also thinking about uh, some of the proposals that we have in front of us, look at putting a plant there to do some, some conversion of materials. We, we, look at, we are looking at the thing holistically, and this will but require- why if waste is, and waste is valuable in most jurisdictions that look at it from the, from the the proper perspective. We, it's not just things to dump, as you said. Ninety percent recyclable. There are other things that you can do. There are tire recycling plants. There are bottle recycling plants. Why is it taking this country so long to understand? Well, said seventy, not ninety. Seventy, sorry, mm -hmm. to understand the value of our waste if treated appropriately. Well, we, we haven't we have not looked at it in that way. I mean, quite frankly, as as, as you said earlier, Paul, we need a, a, you know that public education. Some of which we have started. We, we we do not have the the huge marketing budgets. We are we are working with a lot of partners in this space and a lot of NGOs. But we we are talking about a shift in how the general population views and treats with waste. We we have challenge. We we are over 50 years old as a country now, and we require some more maturity in how we approach some of these things. Now, nobody, as they're growing up, wants to do the mature thing. It, it, it gets to the point where you have to do the mature thing. And I think we're at that, at that point. I think what is going on globally in terms of global warming is presenting an opportunity for us. And we are part of our campaign, our no pollution resolution campaign this year is about challenging every um, citizen and every participant in this space, every stakeholder, to make their own no pollution resolution. It, you do not have, you do, you do not need that that external person or the legislation to force you into doing to doing things. You can make a resolution 
you can be part of the solution. That is the challenge that we have put into the country. Don't wait on anybody else. Be part of the solution. Be the solution, as, as, as Gandhi would have said. Be the you solution. know, I'm glad, I'm glad you raised that issue of campaigns, Mr. Thompson, because Swim Call had a very successful campaign at one point in time, I think on the Pat Bishop Chase Charlie Week. It was a hugely successful campaign. Um, why haven't you gone back to that? Because that worked. And I don't think they, I think they have gone back to Charlie, haven't well, you? Well, Wendell, you made me feel bad, but Richard made me feel a, a lot better because Charlie is back. Yeah, Charlie, yeah Charlie, Charlie not in my face like it used to be back then. <laughs> well, we need Charlie. Charlie in, everywhere we look, we used to see Charlie back then. You're quite so right. So my nickname growing up was Charlie. Let me, well, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> but for the front, for completely the front. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to go down that road. Um, yeah, don't. What I can say about Charlie is that he's on YouTube. He's on Twitter. He, well, not Twitter. He's on Instagram. He's on Facebook. He's on the, he's on billboards at the side of the highway outside UE. Charlie is back. Um, we recognize his, his presence. And it's a conversation that we have been having um, you know, since I joined, people were asking me, well, what about Charlie? What about Charlie? Well, Charlie is back, and Charlie has some other, uh, uh, another cohort with him, Eco Heroes, because, again, as we press this message of be becoming part of the solution, we want to challenge people not just to be the, the negative meme in, in a Charlie, but do the, do the right thing and be an eco hero, because as we, as we continue to challenge and to message, 1.5 degrees... Uh, Celsius rise in the temperature is a threat to us all. Mm. So it is that is important enough for us to forget about, you know, what whatever political persuasion we might be, and look more closely at our individual actions that we need to take. And, and that's great. You're, you're saying all the right things, Mr. Thompson, and that's correct. But I want to give him an idea, you, Paul. Paul, just but, before but, you go that, but this, this kind of follows through from what he was saying because. Mm. A large part of the behavior change can only come from consistent, well-crafted public information campaigns. Mm -hmm. it's, it's okay and well to say, well, let's all be the change we want to see. Gandhi said this, Martin Luther King said, we need to come together. It takes a village to raise a child. We all know that. But on an individual basis, people struggling with their life challenges, and there are many struggles these days, yes. may not be as in tune without it being rotated like an ad campaign. We know the success of ad campaigns. Mm -hmm. Boom Champions, our sister service, did a very successful collaboration with Swim Call three years ago where we went into a couple of rivers and were shocked because we went with garbage bags and, and partnered with Swim Call employees and found, cleaned up the trail to Marcus and Joseph and a couple other trails and were shocked at the amount of rubbish we found in these beautiful areas. Uh, is it, is, isn't it incumbent upon Swim Call to continue that, particularly reaching the younger generation that a Boom Champion audience will reach? Because that is where your change will take place. Mm -hmm. Not old people like me and Richard and Steve and Wendy. Oh, and don't drag me, with you. Don't drag us me us down old. your rabbit hole, please. All of us old. Thankfully, you Right? It is about the seven-year-olds and ten-year-olds who go to the Bishani rivers. It's about them understanding that when you drop the, the candy wrap on the ground, it's going to affect them. And their behavior changed, if elicited and campaigned for now, will make the change that we want to see done and not just say the, the cute refrains of Gandhi and Martin Luther King. That is what makes a difference. When you advertise, when you market an idea into people, it connects. Let me, let me add to that, Mr. Thompson. You see at every traffic, traffic light stop in this country, people generally throw things out of their vehicles. That's a perfect place to put a sign like Chase Charlie out. Especially on those grass verges. People, if you, if you go now and you look at any traffic light stop, you will see plastic bottle, beer bottle, all kind of thing right there because people throw it out of their vehicle. So it's a perfect place to put a sign like that. Huh? I've never noticed that. What? I have. Look good. Yeah, Look yeah. Good. it and, happens. And go by the mouth, the mouth of all the rivers and the mm -hmm. bottles and the plastics you see. No, you're talking about traffic lights. You go into rivers. No, I'm, 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 I'm referring to traffic lights. Traffic light stops. Yeah, Trinity I have never, I have never noticed that. One. I have never been at a traffic light and I've seen people throwing anything out. I've never, what? I have never seen that. Okay, okay, all right. Well, I, I've seen it. I've seen it not just here, but I've seen it in other countries as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and 
I, I think all, all of the comments that you all are making are, 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 have some validity to it. What I can say, uh, Paul, is that we, we have started, I, I mean, my own personal new, no pollution resolution is to do more beach cleanups. I would have started in, in Anchorage area, Chagaramas. We would have been back there a couple of times already. Unfortunately, every time we go, we get bags of garbage, which suggests that there, there are others in the population that, that don't see things in the same way. And it's very interesting that they come to a, a nice scenic beach location and then just drop, you know, cartons, bottles. Uh, you'd be surprised at the things they'd find. I mean, clothes, um, the ICC cleanup coordinator told me when they did uh, a cleanup at the foreshore uh, last year, they, they found a, a wedding dress and a tuxedo. So it's, it's a, you would be surprised. Not mine, eh? Well, <laughs> but in, in, in speaking about the public education campaigns, you are, correct, you are quite correct, Paul. We are in the schools. We are talking to the, the children in the schools. They are, I think, uh, part of the hope that we have because they, uh, in the conversations, they seem to take on a, a little bit of a greater responsibility than from the general population. And I can also say that we've, we've launched uh, an, a campaign online. We've reached, I think, um, over 100,000 visitors and we're getting very good traction. So usually on, on Facebook, you would get about a 2% uh, re reaction. We're getting something like 14% real engagement uh, with the population. So we have people participating in our, in our, our games online. We have people uh, participating in the no pollution resolution and we're giving prizes. We've given out laptops and tablets and uh, vouchers and internet for the year. So we are engaging. We are looking in the spaces where we can be effective and providing those incentives. So obviously with 1.3 million people, we can't do that for every, every man, woman and child in Trinidad and Tobago. But where we can uh, act and where we can create influence, that is where we, we are acting and we are doing so actively and we are doing so consistently. And there's more to come. We are not, what we are doing now is, uh, is about the beginning, because as I said, we are tracking towards a future where the entire population is engaged in a particular way. I want to ask you a question, you know, but it's so off key, Tiffany. It looks like a, it looks like a very mischievous question. Yeah, it says it all. Mischievous question. Do you have political ambitions? You sound very political. And not in a bad Thank way. You. Not in a bad way. I'm not trying to, 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 to make a job or anything, because you, you sound very policy-driven. He's looking for company. Well, the, the, I, I would say the short answer is no. The longer answer is that, you know, once politics is about influence, right? And what I am trying to do is to influence the population in a particular direction. You hear the answer again? Well, I want to, I want to find out what area you're from. You hear the answer again? I want to find out what area you're from. Excuse me. The, no, the, it, I am not. So there is a there is a thought in Trinidad and Tobago that you have to be the prime minister, you have to be a member of parliament in order to, to do some good in the country. I, I don't hold to that view. I think that uh, you, you, you said my, my little glib statement about Martin Luther King and, and, and Gandhi, but I, I do truly believe that I can uh, influence change where I am. Page I, number four, line four in the political aspirants, Handbook. <laughs> yeah, he sounds. He sounds. He sounds a lot like Marvin Gonzalez before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Page, page four, line fourteen. Yeah. In the political he, is, he is. He is my line minister, and I and I have to say that I. I mean, he 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 pushes us as an agency, uh, in in terms of what we are doing, in terms of you know doing more and do it faster. Just as as Wendell Woods, I don't know if Wendell also has political ambitions, but, but uh, certainly our really line minister is is continues to push us to deliver the results faster and with the same questions that Paul has been asking as well. You know, we've been waiting so long. The population has been waiting so long. Why can't we have this now? And let's move yeah. on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm in that corner because, yeah. because, because as I said, we talk the talk in so many areas in Trinidad and Tobago and the action um, as a result of that talk and how quickly that action materializes is a source of concern for a lot of the citizenry, which makes us very cynical and jaded yes. about agencies <clears throat> and their ways of moving us forward. And of course, you mentioned climate change. And so to me, SwimCall and what SwimCall is doing should be prioritized way up the totem pole because of the carbon footprint 
that work that your agency governs yeah. and how do we you know decrease that how do we engage more in recycling how do we move there as quickly as possible the un and their studies are already saying that we are we are the borderline of being too late right now that's correct. so so saying three and four years down the road means we're late. yeah but so it should I, be prioritized I, 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 in bringing up those timelines as quickly as possible and if marvin is listening certainly prioritize swim call please yeah and i agree i agree with you richard uh, what I what I would say is that for all our, our our leading position, as it were, in terms of per capita production of CO2, I, I think Trinidad and Tobago produces something less than one percent of the total global emissions, 0.01 or 0.02 percent, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. So our our space in the world, our effect on the total uh, carbon carbon output is small. But I, what I also say is that, you know, every little bit helps. Um, certainly, what is being produced, the landfill gas is being produced in the landfills. If we could, as we are doing now, uh, engage in a course of action that removes that from uh, going to the atmosphere and put it to productive use, uh, as a for instance, because one of our estimates uh, says that if we are able to harvest that landfill gas, we would be able to uh, fuel every single maxi taxi in Trinidad and Tobago. All right, so that, that is an opportunity for us. In, in the context of rising gas prices, it's an opportunity for the country. It's an opportunity for the citizenry. It's an opportunity for the planet because we can, at the same time, reduce um, the greenhouse gas effects. So, so Richard, your, your point is exactly on point. You, you, you are speaking to the things that we are doing and we see the urgency and we are doing things. This is very different in this space, right? What Sumgol was doing before is simply managing the landfill, simply taking stuff in, um, putting it, you know, sorting it, uh, working with the, the, the various um, salvagers and, and, and whoever else. But now we are reimagining what, what we are doing and how we could what, be what's the agency's What's the agency's policy on the salvagers? What I can say is there's an, there's an overall national policy. There's, there's a national environment policy. Um, and those policies... The, 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 the policies as they exist, and hopefully as they continue to exist, speak to treating with those salvagers as available stakeholders in the system. As I, I would have mentioned, I think on, on another station within the last week, the salvagers are responsible for taking about 25% of the waste that comes into the landfill. And if you can imagine beat them over 40 years, I'm talking about 10 additional years of waste being in that landfill, which would look very when you very say different. take it what does that mean that means that they are in, in effect they are sorting and they are recycling based on what is coming in what we want to do is to structure that right we want to partner with them the, the transfer stations and and so on we want we would like at, at, at least as it is expressed in the government policy we would like to and enable that by having them form cooperatives and do it in a more structured way I so think they're allowed to just come in uh they registered what that's not asking about the policy because it seems I understand it's a it's something that people sometimes don't understand it's important in a structured yes. way. Is uh, it informal? It's, it's an informal. Is it that they walk in, they take out twenty five percent, they could walk out walk in with anything as they are there. Is there any regulation to it? There's no regulation to it at this time, but we are working to to deal with that as well, I can tell you. I mean, within the is last that part week, of the problem now with the, with the fires, the, the that are started sometimes, and, and the problems that that those cause. That's agreed. And so, within the last week, we would have done a couple of things. Well, you know, we would have closed the landfill over the weekend. What we have since banned all fires by the salvagers in the landfill and all of our landfills. Can I ask a question? How long are you CEO? Sorry. How long are you CEO? About two and a half years now. I remember this happening eight, two years ago. I remember this happening four years ago. I, so I can't hold you responsible for what's be, before your tenure. But this is not a new problem with the salvagers in the landfill. We've had these issues where policy has been blanketed by black smoke before. And we've yeah. heard people say before, well, we have a new policy in place to stop the salvagers from lighting fires, but it just never seems to end. Yeah. yeah. So here's the challenge, Paul. And um, you, you, again, you're right. This is an intractable problem. It's, it's not a simple problem that, that simply making, taking one action in this space 
is going to is going to solve solve the issue. Um, we we want to treat with the salvages in a holistic way. We we recognize them as a stakeholder that provide a service to us. However, the way they are doing it is not sustainable. And where we are going with this is that we want things to be a little bit more sustainable. So the, we are taking several actions, as I mentioned. The engineered landfill that we're doing, uh, looking at the closure of Beetham, looking at doing a transportation at Beetham, uh, looking at landfill gas being harvested from, from the, the, the landfill. All of those actions together, taken together, in addition to having the salvagers operate in a more structured manner can give us a better solution. There's certainly no one size fit all, no, no blue pill that you can take and then- How many salvages operated at Beetham presently, do you know? I think it's, it's in upwards of 50. The numbers change from, from day to day because obviously they, they're itinerant, they, they come, they go. Um, but all of them will need to- 50, 150? 50, upwards of okay. 50, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But do you so, think um, it's time, I, I know you said they, they're an asset, but do you think it's time that we just not have them in there? Ooh, why are you doing that? Again, a very simple answer to a very complex problem. That you can say that, but then, as I mentioned, 25% additional waste would be coming into the, the landfill, and then what do we do with it? Mm. So the landfill that has already been closed will now be over capacity in a shorter period of time. It's a complex problem. It's not... It, it, it is not just do one thing. We have to t attack this on many fronts, uh, using data to drive our decisions and being con and considering the, the various positions of the stakeholders. As we as as, as Paul mentioned, we, we take that duty of care that we owe very very seriously. But how are you how are you sure, Mr. Thompson, that what they are salvaging and taking out of the dump is not coming back into the dump and is actually being put to use? Um, because they're getting paid for it. I mean, you, 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 one, when one thinks of salvages, I guess from the outside, one may see the guys um, outside the landfill looking for the trucks that are coming in. But what I can tell you is that there are 20 foot containers inside the landfill where metal and, and, and um, plastic you know, bottles, different kinds of material are being segregated and then coming out of the landfill. Those things are being purchased uh, they're being shipped, they're being smelted, you know, so those those things are attracting a value. They are attracting revenue for the for the salvagers. So you're saying that people, business people, plant these containers in there so that the salvagers will take this stuff to them and be paid by them. But are those people paying for that space in the landfill, paying swim call? That is another thing that we are, we are looking at. And we within the next month or two, that is an, an, an an item that is that is coming up so they're going to be paying us rental space for those containers well, well, I, I, know the inter I know the interview is coming to an end shortly but I, I just wanted to i know you talked about the issue of closing Beetham, and you're talking about transfer stations you touched on guanapo is there a new way of disposal of waste that does not include landfill anymore is that what you is that what ultimately swim call will be moving to how what is the plan to dispose of the waste that Trinidad and Tobago um, um generates beyond those that you're recycling because I know recycling is part of it so there's a sorting of um recycling stuff however that's done legislatively or otherwise but the remainder how is that going to be dealt with um in the ideal situation in the ideal situation, as I, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we have um, not just the, the plastics, uh, the, the beverage bottles, the tires, the uh, e-waste, which uh, are, are all basically in some form or, or not refined products that have been you know, put together, but also organic waste, the food that is, the food that is being uh, eaten and the, the, rest, the rest of the food on your plate. Uh, we are looking at composting we are looking at taking that and and generating either if uh, for looking at composting primarily um, for the green cuttings and so on also some food but also looking at uh, converting that food into into biogas as well to then uh, put into the, the, the national gas pipeline system so there are options 
uh, as Paula said, it's, it's being done all, all over the world. We are looking at every stream and trying to be more efficient stewards of the resources that are coming to us. Um, Mr. Thompson, I have a message here from Andre. He's saying, um, can you ask the CEO, Mr. Thompson, whether they plan to put an, an, and leave uh, eye care bin in the Barataria area? They've been begging for one. I know there's one inside St. George's College. Yeah. And, and I know that people park up on the side and throw it over the fence. They don't have an aim like me where you get three points, but um, but they miss. And I mean, because I carry my recycle, just like Richard, I, I've been doing it for years, and I take it to Edward Street. Should you not be putting IKEA bins all over the place? That's one. And two, what is being done regarding that mosquito resort that you have opposite the market when it comes to tires? Uh, okay, two, two interesting questions. First thing I would say about IKEA is that it's a program being run by the EME, um, and actually, it's, it's a pilot program that should have ended a couple of years ago already. So we need a more long-term solution um, that encompasses a, a more holistic solution for the nation. And, and the, the request from Angie, which I think is, is, is very good, and I commend the, the announcers here as well for being participants uh, in the recycling program. The, the request shows that there is a desire in the population to continue and to deepen our relationship with recycling. So we want to provide that infrastructure. We want some, some to, to work uh, with the clear policy directives. We want not, this not just to be a three-year program as IKEA is supposed to be, but we want this to be an ongoing, uh, the way we do things now in Trinidad and Tobago is that we recycle and that there are these spaces. And I would say, thankfully, um, the San Fernando City Corporation, whom we just we just launched an expanded program with uh, about a month or so ago, and we are looking at um, expanding programs with the sorry excuse me, <coughs> with Tunapunapuyako Regional Corporation, and looking at, at other um, op opportunities as well with the Cuba Tabakita Power Regional Corporation. So there there are municipal corporations out there building on our municipal recycling program that want to deepen that partnership with Swimpol and provide a more opportunity to the purchases. So the specific case of Barataria, what I can uh, do for Andre is that I will, I will speak to Hayden Romano over the EMA and ask that we we can get a bin in there for uh, the Barataria community. And what about the, the, the mosquito all-inclusive resort with tires opposite the market in Port Spain? Yeah. So, the all-inclusive resort um, I, I uh, is the correct name mosquito um, all-inclusive resort mosquito all-inclusive resort I, I think is a bit of a misnomer uh, one we we are partnering with um, a couple organizations to treat with tires we have been looking at a number of options including building um, wave breaks and and, and and doing construction in the sea to, to reduce coastal erosion using tires. Unfortunately, those things are, have not have not come, come up yet, uh, come to fruition yet. We have, uh, we are partnering with another organization to take particularly passenger car tires and reduce it to crumb. And we are just in discussion with other organizations that are looking at building crumb reduction facilities so that we can uh, just, you know, what we are doing with tires right now in the country is not sustainable. And we are challenged, right? Because we are, ex we are, according to the statistics that I have in front of me, over a million tires are coming into this country every year. And it, it is not just where we have them at the transfer station in, in Sealots, but that's not a million tires. So they, they are somewhere. And unfortunately, you see them in the water. You see them on the side of the road. You see them when you go for, for a drive to the beach. You see them in, in gullies. And these things, this is, this is not the way we can go forward. We have to do something that's very, very different. So we're looking at a, a more holistic solution. Again, as I said, <clears throat> part of the proposals that we're discussing with the ministry in, in, includes how to deal with this, this tire issue. Uh, our overarching goal with tires, as with all of the waste streams, 
is to create an entrepreneurial environment where the private sector can participate. But if they, they do not, the government ought to have uh, uh, some program, and, and the agency in that case would be SwimCall, looking and creating the systems to treat with the waste in a, in a sustainable manner. And that is the that is how we have to have how we have to go with it. We have arrived at this point uh, because we we were never very conscious about what we were bringing into the country. Everything that comes in at some point, it's going to be at the end of its life and needs to be treated with. Now we're at the point in our development where we, we need to ask serious questions about what when I buy this piece of electronics and when it is finished, how is it going to be treated with? When I'm finished with this tire, what is going to happen to it? Because it's, it's no longer good enough for us to say somebody else will see about that. That, that cannot be how we, we, we treat with things going forward. And, and Swimcall is making every effort to provide avenues, both private sector and public sector, where waste can be treated with in a, in a sustainable manner. Yeah, because I know that the, the garbage trucks would not pick up tires. Um, and I think you need to expand it a little more when it comes to e-waste. There's a lot of e-waste that's happening. And I'm finally, um, Bree is saying um, that um, that you should put Charlie in schools. Let them start from young. Because I, I keep saying, the last, the last major flood we had, the day after I was driving in Barataria, and I'm talking about after a destructive flood, and somebody is throwing three garbage bags, plenty of garbage, into a river, into a watercourse. And this is after a major flood, and people are talking about throwing garbage. You know, yeah. so I think the, I, I, I figure, I could be wrong, the older heads are set in their ways, but I think we need to, to bring up the younger people and instill in them. The younger people will tell the older folks what to do, you know. Yes, I'm, I'm, in, I'm encouraged by, by the participation that we uh, have been seeing online. Interestingly enough, I think 64, 65% of the participation are, are women. And I, I think that they uh, are leading in this space in terms of the, the recycling, and they, they do have an outsized influence in, in, the, in the home. So I'm hoping that that influencing continues. But as I said, you know, it's, it's a many-pronged approach. Certainly, we, we agree with you on the Charlie point. Charlie is already out there. We will continue to deepen that in Charlie's engagement with the population along with the other eco-heroes. But we, we have to take that multi-pronged approach to this. It is a complex uh, situation, and we, we are taking, I, I think, some prudent steps to, to treat with the... If I close my eyes, I'm hearing, um, this is not a pejorative statement, Marvin Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does, doesn't he? <laughs> Mr. Thompson. But you know what, Mr. Thompson, before, before we wrap up, we also see a lot of people are throwing garbage into bins but the bins are totally overflowed. I, I, I know that goes under the regional cooperations. My mother is now telling me here that um, mom is saying empty barrels more often in, in Val Park overflows. So the bins need to be emptied. And of course, that would mean a garbage truck going in. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, so so. What, what, what I can say, and this is, and, and this is my plug to, the, to the, the population at large, you know, where you can separate the, the waste, particularly recyclables, that is going to help us tremendously because it, those um, sorting costs, those, that, that time that we take to sort and to get to the standard that it needs to be is, is a challenge for us as an organization and, is a, and I would say is a challenge for us as, as a country. And if we can have people uh, from their homes put their, separate their glass and their plastic uh, we would certainly appreciate it uh, coming, whether it's coming through IK or the other programs that we run. Uh, we think that that is, that is where we would like the population to help us. And I, I'm making that appeal. Uh, I think uh, from the stance of the various announcers here, I'm, I'm pretty sure that your, your listeners are going to be sympathetic. We are not too concerned uh, about the, the persons who are not doing the right thing. We want to deepen our engagement with persons who are and uh, to encourage them. Uh, to, to give some sort of social proof that this kind of behavior is behavior worth replicating, and we think that the others will come along. Uh, certainly, all of us remember Charlie, so we know somewhere in the back of our minds, at least, at least 
I, I don't know if we're in the same generation, but at least persons of a certain generation remember Charlie, and we are trying to, to deepen that engagement with the younger folk. Uh, and hopefully we can bring uh, the majority of the population along. And I think all of us would appreciate an environment that is pristine and that that is, you know, for us, there for us to enjoy. So I, I don't see that we are we are at odds with, with the majority of the population in that regard. Yep, we have used words that Trinidadians are too nasty. We have used those words here, you know, because that's exactly what happens with some people. They're just nasty and they don't care. Okay, you Charlie. Know, and, and they need to pay a price for it. I don't know how, when. I Sometimes I used to say, I wish the garbage that they throw the vehicle, um, fly back up and slap them in the face when, they, when, when they're driving. I, I got that extreme. Because I hate to see it. I hate to see it. I'm in the business of cleaning. People pay me to clean. You understand? So, so it's it's very difficult to see when people litter the way they yeah, litter. They up. do. I mean, you go by where the bomb newspapers in Curap, and that that is pretty much a garbage dump for the whole of Curap, you know. That area by the bomb newspaper. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. Mr. Thompson, I want to thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Power Breakfast Show. You're very welcome, and, and thank you for the, the, the opportunity to, to speak about a number of the things that we're doing. We don't usually get this opportunity um, to talk about all that we're doing in, in this space, and I'm certainly hopeful that the national population is going to uh, take my, my challenge up seriously and become part of the solution. All right. Mr. Thompson, CEO of Swim Call, thank you so much. Recording stopped. Thank you, Dorothy. That's Dorothy, by the way. Thank you so much. All the best to you. Thank you. All right. Take a quick break. I'll be right back. Did somebody say bricks? Eat it with cheese and guava, sausage and jam, or eggs and ham, peanut butter and lamb. That's a cricks mix. Bring whatever you can. Once you have cricks, it's instant sweet hand. Tomato, joker, saltfish, whatever. Anything you like, cricks makes it taste better. Whatever you choose, whatever you try, must go with cricks. The vital supplies. Cricks, the vital supplies. Try our new Cricks Crispy, lightly salted, crispy crackers today. Lock the savings at Furniture Plus. Shop and save big on Serta Sealy and Therapeutic Mattresses. Plus, get $1,600 off Sealy Adjustable Base. Accessories also available. Check press and social media for details. Escape the city and conduct your meetings and business activities at the Cascadia. Our modern conference rooms are the ideal space to facilitate innovative and productive meetings. Corporate packages include spacious conference rooms, Wi-Fi, food and drinks, and meeting equipment. The way we conduct business is changing, and we at Cascadia understand your changing business needs. Contact us to discuss your package, 623-3518 or 798-5730, or email marketing at cascadiahotel.com. Do you need to get work done on your vehicle? Look no further than the Auto Champions. Champlain Auto Services, from vehicle inspection to shutdown service, they do it all. Champlain Auto Services, great mechanics and technicians, exceptional customer service with accessories galore. Champlain Auto Services is your one-stop shop. They are your auto champions. You name it, they can fix it. Champlain Auto Services, Eastern Main Road, opposite Carib. Call 662-6545 and like us on Facebook. Champlain Auto Services, we do it all. Give me a kiss. A kiss cake. How about a kiss? A kiss cake. I really want to kiss my cake with a heart of cream. Give me a kiss. A kiss cake. How about a kiss? A kiss cake. I really want to kiss my cake with a heart of cream. A kiss for me and a kiss for you. Everybody loves kiss cakes. Yes, it's true. Cupcakes and goodies. a little steel pulse for you is crisis as we remember Looney Mooney he passed away a couple days ago oh, the earth is the Lord and the bull 
every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.